Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And good evening, everybody, from downtown Cleveland and at First Energy Stadium. There is a buzz in the air as tonight the Pittsburgh Steelers have arrived and they take on the Browns on Thursday Night Football. Chubb sweeping near side to the right, a cutback 40, he's in open field 35, a cut left, he's to the 25, he's to the 20, he's to the 15, and he tripped inside the 15 and stumbles down to the 12-yard line. What a run from the Steeler 11 out of the shotgun for set back to pass, looks, throws, middle, Cooper caught it, touchdown! Percent takes the snap, back, looking, firing up in the air, caught, touchdown, David Njoku! I think Kevin Stefanski is on a play-calling heater right now. Brissett giving it to Hunt, who gives it around the horn to Peoples-Jones, who gives it to Brissett, who throws it to Hunt. He's got a screen up the right side to the 45, to the Steeler 40. They're going to mark him down at the 38-and-a-half, and he'll get a first down. Akello Witherspoon made the tackle. What a play. He's got the snap, looking, comes back, fires, and Joku again catches 20, out of a tackle 25, out of a tackle 30, 35, out to the 37-yard line. Devin Bush down the field to get him. What a great after-the-catch run. 18 yards. Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling right there. (laughs) Spinning like a top and another big play for the Chief. On third down and inches, here's Brissett underneath center. He has snuck it a couple of times. He takes a snap. He bootlegs it out to the right. He's looking long. He's going long. Cooper's open. Got it! At the Steeler 40 and he got knocked down at the 39. Cam Sutton brought him the Browns went for the bundle. Chubb will be the tailback. Froholt the fullback. They turn. They give it to Chubb. He vaults. He spins. He lands. Touchdown. Trubisky a yard deep into his own end zone. Takes the snap from out of the end zone. He throws it. It is caught. They're going to lateral it back. Claypool's got it. He laterals it back. Juggle there. They're at the five. They're going to lateral it back again. It's going to be recovered in the end zone for a touchdown. Recovered by Denzel Ward, and the Browns are winners. They just beat the Steelers. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right. Let's do it live on a Victory Friday edition. You know the best thing? A spirited conversation here in the lead-up to the show. Um, and It was almost profane. Almost profane. <laughs> in the, um, the the beautiful thing is is it's a lot easier to have these conversation amidst a win. Yes, because this it, it yes. was it was it was the strangest thing. You guys were both there. I I was watching the um. It was the most dominant nervous win because that I can remember. Like I was nervous until it struck zero, until we fielded a punt, cl- kicked it cleanly, and then even until Denzel's landing on the belly on the ball in the end zone, I'm nervous. And it felt like everybody else was too. Like if you looked at Joe Woods' face, I don't know if you guys could see it, but Joe Woods was like even on the last play was like wait a second, like let's get it all. But alas, a win is a win and a victory Friday we have, my friends. So, like all Browns fans, the second that Cade York missed an extra point, yeah. the first thing you think is, that's going to cost us. Because for the last, I don't know, decade, it feels like whenever we miss an extra point, it ends up costing us. And so, yes, I was uneasy going into the half. I'll tell you when I became relatively at ease. When we went 11 plays, 80 yards with 10 runs 
and imposed our will and physically <laughs> took it to the Steelers. It felt to me like at that point we had said, we are better. We are dominating you. Brissett's fired up after that sneak. We punch it in on the fourth down. What did you call it? The guard. Oh, man. The G lead. G lead. G, yeah. G lead with a little yell to Froholt battering ram behind awesome. him. Dude, what a and great play. And then a play. touchdown. Oh, my God. I love awesome. That, play. that was fun. And, and that, that to me, that's when I actually started to feel comfortable. I, I really did. I said, we're going to be all right. We're winning this game. And we did win the game, fortunately, which made me feel much better. Yelled yes. of Froholt and battering Ram should always be used in a sentence. That's what I, like I said that. to him in the locker room because yeah, I had perfect. seen it. I knew that this was in the mix potentially, and we hadn't gotten an opportunity to see it in a game. And so when he came out, I started to get all excited. And then I saw him in the locker room. I was like, the battering Ram. That's what I called him back there. And he was like, oh, I want to do more of that. I was going to yeah. say, we need a nickname for him. If he becomes yeah. a regular part of our goal line package – yeah, I th I feel like the battering ram is a great name, but if you could incorporate his name into it somehow, yeah, it'd be elite. Yep, <laughs> the fro hole. We, we got the original ram. nickname man over here, Let's so go. we'll I'll, put him I'll to work. work on it. We'll work on, work on it. that. We'll workshop that. I mean, it's got to have something from like Viking. I feel like for battering sure. rams. Vikings yes. would have battering rams to take out their foes. Maybe there's a Viking word for battering ram that. Yeah, I'll do some investigation. Do some research on that. Z, get back to us. Hoff, your um your impressions of a game. Look, I mean, we we tried to articulate the importance of it mm. and i don't even Ooh. know if we gave it justice i mean let's be real honest like a stakes loss were immense you, you can't put a big enough stakes on what happened you had to have it in every possible way if yeah. this season is going to be what we want it to be in a strange way the way that jacoby Brissett and the offense played in week two almost felt like it added pressure to week three because i think everybody yeah. going into the season we understood all right jacoby's kind of the placeholder you know we're gonna have to live with good defense and a running game and hopefully hang in there tight on some close games but all of a sudden Jacoby's playing like a franchise quarterback. This offense looks creative. It looks dynamic. Amari Cooper's getting involved. You see Jacoby starting to get in rhythm with his tight ends and his running backs. He's playing calm, turnover-free football. He's got patience in the pocket. He's taking plays when they're there. He's making good decisions and taking sacks when things aren't there. Like He's doing everything and more than what you expected going in, asking this guy to step in for Deshaun Watson for 11 games. And I think what that did is now fans are like, dude, we can be a lot better than 500 when Deshaun comes back. Yes. Like, we can compete. Even some of those games we said, ah, it's going to be really tough to compete mm -hmm. with the Buccaneers a little bit later on in the schedule. It'll be tough to compete with Justin Herbert. Now I'm going, bring, bring it on. on. Let's go. Bring it on. Let's go. Hey, look, you know, I just got a chance right before we the show to talk with Coach and uh, for Brown's Countdown, which will be on Sunday on News 5. He just says Jacoby just sees it. He goes, he sees it. He understands what we're doing schematically. He knows how to operate within our scheme, and he sees it well. He processes quickly. I think his arm is better than I think any of us thought, even after watching him throw every single day. Yeah. Got I, I on Mari's hands yeah, right. quicker than he I saw that. So when I was when I was to date myself, and you would similar, yeah. I remember hearing about the Elway cross. Which yes. is when John Elway would throw a BB and it would hit the guy, and you know how the the end of the football comes and makes a little oh, cross, yeah, and it would, yeah. it would mm -hmm. put a, a bruise of the Elway oh. cross on their chest. And he Elway crossed them last night, which takes a cannon to right. do it. And we had heard, listen, Bernie the weatherman had told us he told us you couldn't even throw the ball, and it, right through that wind, boy, I'll tell you what, he's been so impressive. He's so calm. I think he's a calming presence on this team. Mm -hmm. The layups are indeed layups. We'll talk about the scheme advantage that Kevin Stefanski created yesterday, which I thought was a master class. And I actually said that to him. Three weeks like, oh, in a row. No, 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 no. 
three weeks in a row, the offense has been different and dynamic in their running game and strategic and hard to predict. Like, you're not able to just line up and say, it's first down, Chubb's in the game, they're going to hand it off to him. This is their concept because that's all they run. No, dude, they do everything in your playbook that you can imagine. Like, when you show up day one and your playbook's like this big with run concepts, in reality, you end up running about this many of them. For some reason, the Browns are running all of these, and they're good at all of them. The reason most teams don't run all this stuff is because it's really hard to get proficient at all of it without just having all sorts of negative runs and busts when you're going against different defenses and different fronts every week, especially on a short week. But the Browns were able to do that last night consistently just chugging and churning out the yardage, which has just been, for an offensive lineman nerd, it's been such a joy to watch this offense and watching Jacoby just embrace everything that Kevin Stefanski's put in front of him. I think what you saw last night, and honestly what you've seen the last two times we've seen Jacoby Brissett play quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, is you saw why this team moved off of Baker Mayfield regardless of Deshaun Watson or not. Because (laughs) what you get with Jacoby Brissett is what Kevin Stefanski wanted. Now, Deshaun will do that and then some. Mm -hmm. But what he wanted was hit the layups, hit the bunnies, make it hard for them to turn you over. This is two straight games where there's not a ball in harm's way, guys. No. There's not one ball in two games. And I don't recall if there was one. I know there's the pick at the end, but throw that throw out. That. You're pressing. You're trying to and get Carolina, there, there was second. one that he tried to hit Harrison Bryant up the left sideline that was yeah, that's uh, right. maybe a little bit in, in danger, but that's it. It's one or two digits worth of bad throws in 100 attempts. Oh, yeah. And what most of it is is a place where only your guy can catch it. This is what Stefanski wanted. This is what this offense demands based on the two running backs that we have, the incredible offensive line that we have. It's his precision, and he's executing it at a level that is so elite. And this is why, regardless of Watson, this is why you had to make a move at quarterback. Whether it was Watson or somebody else, this is what Kevin Stefanski coveted at quarterback. He's doing that, but he's also doing some things that get the guys in the locker room fired up and get the coaching yeah. staff fired up. There was a play. There was a free runner coming off of the right at him. He stood right in the pocket and threw an out to Amari Cooper, which was an absolute strike with tight coverage where that's a dangerous throw thrown to the sideline. You throw it too far inside, especially with pressure coming, you shrink back a little bit. That's a pick six to the house. It was so perfect and on the money, and that's one that Cooper was able to then scamper up the sidelines for another 15 yards. Big, He's making big-time throws, but he is just operating within this offense. And for somebody like you who's played the game and is able to break it down, and we'll talk about your run game breakdowns with me earlier, which was before the game, which was just like the coolest ever. But uh, he is a, it, it's a vindication because last year you were coming out and being like, this scheme works, folks. You're all out there. Oh, Stefanski needs to give up play calling. All of this nonsense. Do you remember us? Watch yeah. the All-22. Watch the we, would, we would implore right. people. Watch wide open. Watch but, the All-22. Uh, we would implore you but you're seeing right now how good this offense can be when you just operate within its scope and i think he's able to do that he gives you such an advantage with the sneaking he's got six first downs off quarterback sneaks already but he has been phenomenal in this offense sometimes making (laughs) comparisons is not always fair but we're going to do it here anyways what we had playing at quarterback last year versus this year missed throws are not equal in my mind Mm -hmm. When you miss a throw because your footwork was maybe a little bit off or you just missed it, a little bit of inaccuracy, maybe the timing, whatever, that's a lot easier to live with and to build a support system within the locker room for you as a quarterback with what your abilities are versus a missed throw because of a bad decision, because your eyes weren't in the right way. You couldn't see it. Jacoby's missed throws for the, through the first three games 
were not decision-making missed throws. We saw a lot of decision-making missed throws last season, whether it was not having the confidence to throw it because you didn't trust your eyes or you didn't trust the coaching or throwing it into terrible coverage or tight coverage where guys are not open, that you're forcing the football there where, where it shouldn't go. And when you're consistently making good decisions with the quarterback position, which is the hardest thing to learn as a quarterback. It's not arm strength. It's not accuracy. We see those guys in the draft every single year. Mm -hmm. The difference between guys that can't play quarterback in the NFL and guys that are Hall of Famers, Pro Bowlers, is the decision-making on where to throw and when to throw it. And you're seeing that, which builds belief and hope within that locker room, within that offense, that this guy can make it happen because he's seeing it the way the head coach is so that guy can dial it up and you can execute it. Last year's seeing ghosts, trust, not trusting what he's seeing. Talk about that all the time. This guy's seeing it crystal clear. See, he's got the answers to the test. So that's funny that you say that because Kevin Stefan says my job as a play caller because I asked him specifically, I said, you play a team that lives basically, lives in man one and cover three. So those can look very similar pre-snap to your quarterback. Now, safety. You, you can do, you're right, you're going to have the middle of the fields closed. It's going to, man principles on the outside. It can look very similar. He was able to formationally make them tell you what they were doing. In fact, they were able to get Alex Highsmith dropping, I think, 40% of the time in this game because of the way we structured our formations. The second thing he was able to do with formation structure, knowing their rules, was he was able to get Minka Fitzpatrick opposite side from where he was really trying to work the football. And then the third thing they were doing is when they were matching our 11 personnel in base, as they did many times, and even sometimes in our 12, that's when we would motion out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And motioning out of the backfield into empty. And you're saying, how can you go empty against Blitzburg? Well, when they play the similar-looking defense, man one or cover three, when you motion out and Kareem Hunt goes to the right, if Robert Spillane goes with him, you know it's man. If nobody moves and the corner just kind of steps out, you know it's zone. And so when we did that, and we did that, it felt like almost every play that we threw the ball, it was a simple formula. As soon as he knew it was man, Amari's winning man. As soon as it was zone, Chiefs finds a soft spot, and we give him the ball. Quick decisions, and the ball was out, and he was electric. But he had, and that's what Kevin Smith said, my job is to give the quarterback the answers to the test before he takes it. And I thought they did that formationally and with motion against the Steelers. Yeah, that was one of the fun things that I noticed just watching at the beginning of the game was how Kevin Stefanski found one of their checks to our personnel groupings and our formation when we go to empty that the Steelers probably only had one check, which is the benefit of a short week. Mm -hmm. is their call sheet is far reduced. And so when you find a consistent tendency like that, that they're doing every single time, that gives you a little bit of a head start on what happens after the ball is snapped, whether it be a man or a zone read or understanding who's got the one-on-one -on -one coverage, who's got the favorable matchup that I can take advantage of. You just go back to the well over and over and over again because they don't have any other answers. They've got nothing else installed because they had no other time to install it. So such a masterful job of Kevin by finding out what that coverage looked like and what their check was to our formation and to our personnel grouping and just attacking it. And then just having enough calls that you could just keep going back to that well. And Jacoby knew like it was seven on seven, exactly where the ball had to go. And he knew exactly if it was zone, I got somebody that's sitting down in this zone. Boom, getting him the ball right there on time. If it's man, I know I can take a shot. I got Amari down the field. I got Njoku who's got a great matchup in the middle of the field. Like to me, that was next level football knowledge and and watching that was just such a joy it was just pure football pornography for me watching that <laughs>
Well, it was, and it, look, it all compl- it all complements because it all feeds off another. There's yes. the play action, uh, play action where we, I think we fake it to Nick and we roll out and hit Amari on the deep over. Well, Amari gets, forces the leverage on the outside and then comes back deep over the middle. You see that the fake has, I can't remember the linebacker it was that pulled up and, and bit on it and everybody goes up. The protection's perfect. You're talking about the big, the I'm chunk talking play? about the chunk play across on the deep yeah, over. Yeah, they got Minka Fitzpatrick. Then Minka right came up. up. Yep. Minka came up. And so it's Amari one on one. Well, Amari is as precise a route runner is in the He's league so, good. so all of it balances mm-hmm. off one another which is why it is so damn fun to watch yes. offensively because you have it's it's just it was it was pure joy because you have a quarterback who knows the answers to the test who understands and then has these layers of that mm-hmm. run game that offensive line the precision of amari we called for chief yesterday we called for it breakout oh, game for yeah. the chief I believe that we had that. He did break out in a very, very big way. It's why you have confidence that you can not only be in the mix when Deshaun comes back, but even really be more than that. So I want to go to the two touchdown passes because they were very yes, similar plays. We were talking plays. about this last night. Skinny mm-hmm. posts off of the back, what I would call the backside of the formation. And so what he did, and this to me was awesome. So the first time they're actually in man one, and Minka Fitzpatrick's playing safety as well as anybody in the NFL. Yes. He is dangerous. What Kevin Stefanski knew was that he, as that single safety, would shade to the three-receiver side. Mm-hmm. And so the first touchdown, you had Amari and a receiver outside of him to the right. You had Kareem Hunt on the right hip of Brissett, now putting three possible receivers to the right, also with a tight end and another receiver. So you had three to the right, two to the left. He's able to hit that skinny post, and he gets Amari man-to-man on Terrell Edmonds. Mismatch. Mm-hmm. You can throw to the middle of the field with no danger because Minka was shading the other way. Then you go back to the touchdown against the Chief. Wouldn't you know, we're in a similar formation. Two to the right. This time it's three to the left. Minka shades to the left. This time they're in a zone, and he's able to go ahead and hit that kind of skinny post in behind and get that touchdown. So both times you're able to throw to the middle of the field against a dangerous robber safety, and he's not even able to impact the play at all because of the way you structured your formations, knowing a common opponent that you know well, their rules for how they set up their coverages. And to me, that's where it's like we're playing chess with this defense. It was so fun because I've had a lot of offensive coordinators, namely Norv Turner, who was really big on, hey, if this play works over here, we're going to flip the formation, go with a different personnel grouping so it looks a little bit for the defense, but run the same play. Kevin's taking that to another level where he's flipping it, putting a different star in that position, which, by the way, Amari Cooper and David Njoku are pretty much our two best red zone weapons, and getting the same look from the defense and being able to disguise it enough where they don't get Minka Fitzpatrick to move over far enough where he can help with that inside leverage on the skinny post, which when you've got a a defensive back with hard outside leverage like he had to play against Amari and then he had to play against Chief, he's expecting inside help on those quick skinny posts. And the way the Browns were able to formationally get that safety so far away, he couldn't affect it because Jacoby was throwing it on time and on the money where your guy can get it and nobody can't. Nobody else can. It's just so fun to watch and see that mastery of manipulating the defense to your advantage to get your best players in an easy situation in the red zone. So you have all of this orchestra that's being conducted by Kevin Stefanski and you, you see Jacoby Brissett doing what he's doing. And then you have now um, really what we, the apex of us, which is third and fourth quarter. Uh, we'd like to introduce you to Mr. Chubb and Mr. Hunt. Yeah, they were we would spoiled like have... by over-unders, by the way. I was cruising, brother. <laughs> really? I was Didn't cruising go well in for the you. first half. Well, just on, well. just on the touches one. I think I had some that maybe went okay. Maybe one. Yeah, this one. What did Gibby have? 
Gibby, just one. Hop went two for three. The I lost um, lost on the over. And then all of a sudden, yeah, right at the end. And then, then you say, here's 24 and 27. And can I interest you in the best guard in football? Oh. Pulling and just mauling people. I mean, that is just, you want to talk about pure joy. Yeah. I can't imagine how much fun that is for Joel to come around that edge like that. Yeah. And then you've got a back who's built like Bo Jackson who can kind of, I mean, my God, Nick He's Chubb insane. can do a jump cut for God's <laughs> sakes. I mean, usually little guys do that. Yes. How about the fact that the run down the right sideline where then he hops back inside, Mickey doesn't score, but he almost gets there. Crazy. It's the exact same run from 2020 week 17 that he yeah. took 55 yards to the house, busts out to the right, hops inside of Minka. He scored that time. Different. I asked coach. I said, was that the exact same play? He goes, yes, different formation, window dressing, yeah. but the same play. And it, if you watch those two back to back, somebody tweeted, I think maybe it was Jake Burns tweeted it out and, and does like right after each other. It's insane. <laughs> but so Hoff before the game, he was talking about the traps and the pin pulls and, and was breaking this all down. And he was drawn and having the time of his life. And I was just like yes, trying to be like a true sponge. story. Get into my brain. All of this. <laughs> and Gibby's yelling brain. at us. You're on the air yeah, in 30 seconds. Like, no, 15 brain, seconds. I'm like, brain. no, this is more important. One of the things in that what a lot of people see is Joel Batonio pulling out in front. And obviously you see that pave the way and then shove him. But the dirty little part of that is what Donovan Peoples-Jones yeah. and, and David Njoku often were doing as the pin part of that, mm -hmm. being able to set that edge so they seal that edge so that he has the room to get around and create that lane. And Donovan hasn't shown up in the stat sheet as a receiver since week one, but he did a great job against the outside linebackers, Reed, Smith, Jones, of doing that where he's pinning them down so that you're able to pull behind him. And we saw a lot of those close formations and sometimes they do it. Don't do it at all. Sometimes he leaks out. Sometimes he just runs a route out of there. Sometimes he just straight ahead blocks, but it allows them to set up when you have that receiver close that pin pull and boy, he did a great job with it. And then our offense looks so good doing it. They did it. They illustrated that on the broadcast oh, did a couple of times. So they must've gotten a little, they must've bit of stolen my notes when Al Michael was up there up. with us pregame. Well, that could be because they illustrated that exactly. Najoku and DPJ with the pin on that so that Joel could come around. And, and that's play. the weakness of those runs. And that's why they're a lot of times difficult to run when you're a team that runs them over and over again. Because as soon as defenses realize that when you're in those close formations and you've got that look of a possible, you know, toss, crack, pin, pull, whatever you want to call it, they just put a big dude on the edge and just run them upfield. Because if you get penetration upfield on the edge, you can't get around it. You can't get your pullers around, and the play is totally dead. Now you've got a minus four-yard run in the backfield. Yeah. Cataclysmic yeah. on first down when you're a team that's you know more of a methodical down-the-field approach. And so for those guys to be able to line up, it's a lot of credit to them and their toughness and their willingness to block, which you don't always get from the receiver tight end position, yeah. but we have on this team. And also from Kevin – by not being predictable, every time you line up in that formation, you're doing other things to Z's point, not just runs, but also different passes, play actions, things that can counter the weakness of, hey, we see him line up in that position, we're just gonna run this big dude through and stop the play. Like, He's very good at making and disguising the same play from the same formation or running a different formation and running it <clears throat> uh, from the same personnel grouping and then running the same structure of the play. How about the little one where he, on fourth down, where he motioned Hunt back into the backfield and then gave the short give to him on fourth down? 
That's an oh, opener? Is that what that's I called? Hadn't a quick seen that. That's that from was the college. So cool. I mean, yeah, it was like a fullback dive. Yeah, but it's it really was. It's but it was quick. Like quick. Yeah. It was just such here, a quick and then, hand. And then, no, yeah. it's a reverse. It. Yeah, so the line it's is going pivot. hard, and it's yeah. a reverse pivot, and you're handing it off quicker than the defense is ready to normally yeah. react to an inside zone. So even though you don't block the backside guy, he can't make the play down the line of scrimmage fast enough because it's an angle tackle. It's a great like short yardage play because once you get your running back with his shoulder pads facing the line of scrimmage running downhill. You can't angle tackle those guys, no matter how no. big your outside player is that's trying to come run down the line of scrimmage and make the tackle. And the guy who's doing it is Kareem Hunt. Yeah, right, exactly. So that's, that's so got that going too, for you, which, which is, is nice. Which is quite nice, yeah. Uh, they've been stars. Yeah. Stars. I mean, every week we yeah. set the total touches. I go high. They did it again. I was cruising on that, though. It they was like did. 17. I know. It was like 17 at the end of the third quarter but there was nine minutes left brother yeah you I know. Forgot it was happy to be wrong yes. happy to be wrong on that happy to be wrong on Najee. happy to be wrong on yes. their receivers against ours yeah. happy to be wrong at all because all i care about is the win by the way t saul 73 says rombook is battering ram in norwegian the rombook. good lord Whoa, that's like good that. the rombook we gotta call that formation the rombook i like that a lot yeah i do like that put it on a shirt well that won't take long uh, it is a Victory Friday. We're presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. With yesterday's win, Tito's Handmade Vodka is the proud to support the Cleveland Browns for the Tito's Victory Vodka program with $1,000 donation to the Cleveland Animal Protective League, helping to foster compassion and animal suffering. Thank you, Tito's. Remember, please enjoy Tito's Handmade Vodka responsibly. There are some things that are coachable, teachable moments. We've got to get better at certain things. It's yes. better to do it against a win than a loss. We'll go over some of that, some of the concerns, and some of the stuff a shaky special teams day as well. We will get into Some that. Good, but, again, but again, better with a win. Some good in the special teams. Yeah. Clarible Horquez was phenomenal. He was. That was nervy for me. We'll get into all of that. We've got one word as well coming up next. The scores. God, oh, baby. Are you kidding it's me? It's everything you'd ever want. Can we just go? Let's just go like an hour and a half straight. And we could say, do two hours. Advertisements. Oh, the last we'll see 30. You tomorrow. Yeah. Just do we're, out at, the weekend. we're out at 2.30. And we're just going to give you we'll nonstop joy for the 90 minutes. The next minutes. level is next. Yeah. For 30 minutes. Yeah. We could. It, it's certainly in play. What do you think, Gibbe? He's just shaking his head. So there's He's a great in. moment. Oh, there's a great moment last night. Gibbe, get on the mic. Make sure your light is on. Yeah, I think he is. He's good. Jimmy, oh, go ahead, Gibbe. You know exactly what, I'm, what I want you to say. So at the end of the night, like, we've just won the – and the clock hit zero. Yeah. So we so know we've we won, won at this point. We know we've won. Jim's like – Everybody take Friday off. <laughs> and slow motion, Nathan just goes. Ah. And I look at him, I go, I'll see you tomorrow at 1. I'll see you tomorrow at 1. <laughs> I was like, but he's giving you the day off too, give no, it. Right. But this he's is too fun. This isn't work. Come this on. is pure joy with this the fellas. Joy. And we're off and what running. What else would you rather be doing? Nothing. Zero. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN. A few things. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, Victory Friday presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka here on ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste and Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. So many positives in this one. Uh, a couple of the, we'll call them teachable moments. Uh, we'll get to the defense in a second. Some of the special team stuff in a second as well. Um, you are seeing the Pelissaro report on Anthony Walker uh, done for the year, reportedly. Mm -hmm. Is it Pelissaro with that? Yeah. Rappaport. Rappaport with it. Yep. 
That sucks. I mean, you felt it when captain, he, leader, playing great, great guy, playing. I mean, he was he's second on our on our yeah. team now in pressures, quarterback pressures, which is crazy. Yeah, he's was tied with Miles for the team lead in tackles for loss, playing great, great football. And so now you've got to go ahead and you've got to you know Jacob Phillips stepped up. He got the sack, yeah. the big PBU late. Um, and now he's going to be called upon. They've wanted to see more of Jacob Phillips. Well, now there's no choice. You will see more of Jacob Phillips. Did you get a feeling on JOK? I don't think that's that serious. Not, okay. No. Did they say what groin? That's what it looked like he was holding yeah, when he was out there in the it. game. And he yeah. tried to play another snap. I don't know if you noticed, but he got hurt like before he left the game one play prior. And then they had like a double A gap mug where both linebackers walk up over the center. It was I think it was a third down play or – and he tried to drop out of there because I was watching him because I saw him holding it going into yeah. that, and he couldn't run. And he immediately went to the sideline. I'm like, oh, Ugh. no. Like, for yeah. speed guys to have soft tissue injuries like that is it's tough. Yeah, you hope that he's able to get, you know, 10 days to get yeah. ready. Hopefully he can be ready down in Atlanta yeah. because otherwise you'll be significantly down. But how about Tony Fields only plays one snap? That's yeah. the first snap of his career, by the way, mm. playing defense. <laughs> and he goes in there and knifes through and gets yeah. a, a tackle for a loss, Beautiful. which I thought was awesome. Good for him. Yeah, it, it certainly was. Um, so defensively, nervy moments in the first half as they were able to move it. Uh, Mitch Trubisky was really accurate. Adjustments were made in the second half. Um, you, your guys' vantage point would allow for better than that. What did we do better in the second half than we did for the first versus trying to watch it on television? What did you guys see? So it really came down to you got them in some third and, and manageable situations from a defensive perspective. You were able to get a little more exotic in your looks. You brought a few more pressures on him. And, and really, you know, you were able to just get off the field. You had the three straight three and outs. Now, one of them, he made a heck of a throw to Deontay Johnson. Could he have caught it? Maybe. It goes kind of through his hands. Denzel was right with him. But I think it was more of just getting them into better spots because they had one drive where I, I don't know how many third downs they even had in the drive. It was just like. I don't think first, they converted a third down in the first half. They, and they did, only they converted one in the game. Yeah, which, they were over in the first to half. To even be close front of a scoreboard standpoint, when you convert right. one third down is mind-boggling, had, but it shows you how good they were on first and second down with a lot of those sprint outs and those easy throws they were given to Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, they were one of nine for the game. And that's thing. So people are crushing on RD, and I realized that you know the first half, it was almost too easy. They didn't have to have third downs. But when they did, we stopped them in the second half. Yeah. We got them into third and longs, and we were not giving up, you know, those inside runs where Warren looked very good. Najee Harris had, I think, 46 yards in the first half and finishes with, what, 56? 56. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we kind of just clamped it down. Obviously, you controlled the time of possession in that second half completely. You end up winning the possession 36-23, to 51, 36-09-23-51. I just thought they were – in better spots and, and play better. I do think it is apparent to me, this is just, and I'm curious to get both of your thoughts on this. In the event that we get to a point where we're really making a run, like we get near the trade deadline, I do think this team either needs to, because I don't know there's the guy, this guy's on the streets, find maybe Robert Quinn with the Bears, for example. We need another pass rusher here. I think it was, uh, the Hoff would know more than me, but it was. it's incredibly noticeable when Jadevian Clowney's not there. Yeah, we're like now that's startling. We're, like when he went down, Oh, Last yeah. week, it was Sunday, and then this week, it's just different. We're one and three now in games without Jadevian Clowney with the Browns. We were zero and three last year. We won ten, uh, last night, obviously. Miles Garrett has one sack in four games without Jadevian Clowney. One sack in four games without Jadevian Clowney. Watching Miles last night, I can honestly not remember a single time where he was not double teamed mm -hmm. in their pass Sometimes protection. Tripled. 
I actually saw a triple team, which whenever I hear people say, oh, he's getting triple team, I'm like, well, then that's a mistake. There's no way you'd put <laughs> three out of 11 dudes to try to block one guy. But they, it they actually did. looked like they were trying to because they had a double team. I think it was both tight ends, double team miles, and the tackle was there yes. to pick him up if he Inside. got through there, yeah. which is just mind-boggling. And so people are like, oh, you know, Miles didn't have a good game. It might be his neck or something. The guy had no chance. He literally had zero opportunities to rush the passer versus less than two people. And that's just – it's not possible to get home. Like, if you're an interior player, and this is why Aaron Donald has been so dominant, it's hard to double team from the inside. It's just really hard schematically. But when you're on the edge, you can always put a tight end or a running back or somebody in your face right at the line of scrimmage that hits you and slows you up. And in a game where a half a second makes a difference between a completed pass and a sack, like, they're buying him at a second before he can even get – to where the tackle is. And so he's got no chance to your point when you don't have anybody taking any of the blocking yeah. in pass row besides you, everyone else has one-on-ones the whole game and it's not hurting them. Like that hurts your defense so much because then your best weapon, which is miles has no chance to make a difference in the game. The only time we were able to get him one-on-one is we did what Philly was doing. When, remember when I talked to you where they threw three guys over there? Yeah, we started doing like the loaded the shift. The loaded front, shift, and he was able to get over. one one-on-one and got around the edges. That's when he hit Trubisky, and Trubisky threw a heck of a ball, by the yeah. way, to Deontay Johnson, but it wasn't complete on a third down. But that was it. Yeah. And so I, I think we need more. We need we need somebody else who can get to the quarterback, whether that comes from the interior. You know, and Sue is one guy who's actually on the street that could potentially yeah. help you. But you need somebody else that can affect the game because – Clowney's value is so obvious in his presence. It's even more obvious in his absence. Oh my God. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. It's, it's, it's all there. There's nobody else to be feared other than miles on the defensive front right now. And so when Jadevian's out, it's incredibly noticeable. So yeah. that part of it, um, I, I, I was happy to see Denzel in the second half, get that pass breakup. Cause I thought the first half was a little bit rough. And remember he was, I mean, we played a lot more man yesterday. We were – you think about – he didn't have a lot of practice in camp. He was on the bike a lot. I mean, most of training camp he was. Deontay's he just, nasty. And he's nasty. And I just think that he it's he's getting into it. But I was good to see him in the third quarter with that big pass breakup when you had to have it. You needed it there. I, I think it's almost like he's a little tentative. I agree. I think he just didn't play enough in camp is my theory. I mean, I'm work. It's my working theory on it anyway. Just well, you got to put your finger on something. Cause you know, he has the ability and yeah. the talent. And really that's the only thing that would be obvious other than like maybe some nagging injury that he's dealing with that. He doesn't feel like he can cut at full speed, which we haven't heard anything like that. We're not speculating, but you're just wondering like he's an all pro corner, but he's not playing like it consistently. And why is that? Well, maybe because he's still a little bit unsure of himself after missing a lot of training camp. Yeah, it's my thought, best guess. And I thought Greg played well, but Greg missed a lot of training camp as well. Yeah. And Greg yeah. looks like Greg, and MJ continues to be Boy, very impressive. Been. I mean, the one pass he gave up was an all-time catch. I mean, that's an yeah. absurd, absurd catch. And he almost got a pick. If it wasn't for just a half of a foot out of bounds, he was right there. All right, one th- other thing that, again – Picking the scabs amongst winning is more fun. Special teams. Uh, we had a 12-man. Nope, can't have it. Can't have it. We had Jerome Ford return a kick that was kicked seven yards deep. That was unbelievable. Can't have it. And uh, he even kind of went like this, which is I'm not returning it. It felt like everybody thought he wasn't He spilled milk in his lap. <laughs> he, was, he was ready to let the ball he was, sail into the end zone, and it was coming at him, and he just had a brain fart and grabbed it. Covered with milk. He really was just dripping. It got milk, lots of milk. It's yeah, on my lap. Like those old ads. Yeah. That's right. Um, Cade York missed extra point two in a row. I never saw him missing camp and he pressed them both. Did you guys say blocked punt 
and there was the block. The that block kind punt. of got glossed over because it didn't hurt us all that much, but yeah. that could have been catastrophic. Yeah. In the and first half, it. we weren't playing all that well around the defensive side of the football, and that could have really been a problem. I thought the both. onside kick got way too close. I know Pickens is offside, but we've got to sort that out because that's two weeks in a row where it got way or too close. Or just not put ourselves in onside kick well, situations. Well, true. That would be too. Dominantly. But these that's are recovered at a 4% rate in the league, yeah, we and we had one too. recovered last week, and if yeah, Pickens isn't a step offside, close. he's right there. Yeah, and four out of 100 then becomes, what, 16 out of <laughs> yeah. 10,000 would be the chances there. Not right. great. So, Not great. Yeah, no. We can't have that happen. Now, fortunately, it wasn't recovered. Great for us. Um, yeah, we've got to clean up. You can't have the blocked punt. I thought Borges did a great job getting the ball and getting it out quickly mm-hmm. and his directional oh, punting. Yeah, I feel like, do you know that we've played it three weeks in a row, a guy who's been a first-team All-Pro returner? Andre Roberts really? the first week. Barrios sure. was the 21 first-team All-Pro, and then Olszewski last night was the huh. tw- 2020 first-team All-Pro huh. kick returner. Like, so it's only that? getting easier from there here. And by the way, we haven't been hurt in the return spin. game no. at all. No. No. Mm-mm. No. So those things – no, but those things cost you. That's what I said yeah. on the broadcast last night. The 12 night was, man. Oh, my God. It's the details. It's the little details. You can't have that happen. And I said, it's more egregious under the circumstances late in the game when you have three timeouts that you don't need. Mm-hmm. You don't need those timeouts. Use them. You can't take them with you. Mm-hmm. So we weren't trying to stop the clock anyway. No. The, the clock was our friend. I thought that was – those was that are things. right after the Anthony Walker injury? Because it looked like they were trying to sub – somebody on that, that there unit. were multiple 12 men we're, i'm talking about the one on the field goal block yeah that's what i'm saying because it, it what happens on field goal block is a lot of times you leave your defense out there mm-hmm. and when you have an injury on defense you're trying to get a communication to make sure yeah. that his replacement understands you're now on field goal also and if that doesn't get communicated okay on so fourth and five that could have been fourth and four yes. and all of a sudden they have a first right, down, first down. Right. exactly right yeah i didn't see what happened there but inexcusable like everybody knows the situation on the sideline if you're on the field goal team get out on the field if you're not stay off and, and when in doubt count. just when in doubt like from a, a special teams coordinator standpoint we would always say like just stay out there if you played third down and there was 11 defenders on the field just stay there we don't want to mess anything up trying to substitute yeah. and get in that situation where somebody didn't hear that they're not on the field goal unit or they are now and then you got too many guys and- or not enough I wonder if in the late one, if Anthony Walker's the guy who does the, you know, you always see that. He counts, like he counts. You always have one guy counting. job, and then he's not there, and all of a sudden we've got 12. The other play, we had 12, maybe even 13 guys at one point on the field on defense, and Deontay Johnson was still uncovered, and they just threw it out to him, and he just dropped it, fortunately. But yeah, yeah, that's the one where he was, he false start, he wasn't lined up. They were, yeah, they They, weren't set They weren't set, and we we had had too many on. 100 people on. Yeah, Yeah. so look. 100 people. All of these things in a microscope, in a loss, it's it makes you want to throw yourself through a window. In a win, teachable moments, and you move it along, and you get it fixed. you got 10 days to sort out these hiccups. Um, I never would have had York missing two extra points. Me neither. But no chance. Much smaller hiccups than blown coverages, and we didn't see any None. of that in this game, which was very important. And by the way, on the drive where they got the field goal late, sometimes you tip your cap. The throw and the catch by Fryermuth in the middle of the field with Jacob Phillips literally in his front pocket, Delpit yeah. hitting him from nice behind throws. was incredible. And then the very next play, he throws into a tight window and Delpit hits him again. But then we were able to stop them and, and force that field goal. Yeah. No, it was. It was. It, it's a sweet spot to be at 2-1, and one, 10 days off, and headed to Atlanta to close out this first four. That's a nice, nice spot it to be. It was at 3-1, and one, and that's on the table. And the one that that's you right didn't there. want to lose, the worst 3-1 and one would have been a loss to the Steelers in yeah. the division. So – 
anywhere else, obviously, it'd rather be an NFC team, but it, it happened to the Jets. It's fine. Go take care of business in Atlanta, and you're right where you needed to be to set yourself up for what is going to be a tough stretch. But there's, I don't know how you could watch this football team operate offensively, knowing that our defense has the potential to get better, and we've seen it play better. Where are you, to your point, we can hang with anybody. We're moving the ball on everybody. Yes. yes. Yeah, certainly so. All right, we'll play one word on a victory Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. You listen to CBD on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, the Bath Authority gives you that bathroom of your dreams. You can transform your current bathroom into a custom bath for a spa-like experience. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler with expert factory-trained installers. Give them a call now. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. The number is 216-220-8399. Go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects are all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in. Tub to shower conversions as well. If you need it, they got it. Superior products. Expert installers at the Bath Authority. All right, gentlemen, time for one word on a victory Friday edition presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. The Browns secondary. We'll start with you, Dr. Z. Yep. Get me a light. <laughs> better. 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 Yeah. Not a finished product, but better. Improved communication. Yeah. You saw that they really took it to heart that it was important to make sure everybody was on the same page. You saw a lot of guys looking to the safety, making sure that when they made motions and we were checking our defense, that they were all on the same page because they weren't going to let what happened last week happen again. And I like that we played more man, by the way. Yeah. I yeah. think we got the dudes to do it. Yeah, yeah we do did. it. Yeah. They made a, this is a, they did a good job with this type of stuff. They must've been talking, must've been listening to the program here because they, Obviously. they did that on the pin. They illustrated that on the broadcast. And they also illustrated um, the, the job Anthony Walker jr. Before the injury was doing of making sure mm -hmm. and looking at each guy and pointing this, 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 like, and then getting it back to him. Yes. Mm -hmm. I heard you. I mean, like two way street, that's how rudimentary it was. And that's what was required. And you don't get a bus. So that's a win. Uh, I'll go to you on this one. Hoff Jacoby Brissett. I'm just say patient, like just watching him in the pocket. It's so fun to see him going through his progress of progressions with the receivers and then understanding where the defense is and making sure that he's safe, but also he's still moving the ball and taking the chances when they're there for him. Conductor. Conductor. Just conducting this offense, and it's beautiful. The maestro. The maestro. That's right. I like it. Yeah. He's a pro. Boy, and he's, he? he's, I'll tell you what, if you had this through three, three games, this type of quarterback play, you'd say, yep, three and oh, yes. I mean that he's the way he's playing. Uh, it justifies all of it to me, regardless of, regardless of Watson, um, Amari Cooper, Dr. Z scintillating his mm -hmm. route running to watch mm -hmm. is scintillating his ability to separate is scintillating he's got tremendous hands as well and yes that one went through his arms on that fourth down tough 
tough angle. Jacoby kind of jumped, threw it straight down. He almost came up with it, but I thought he has been – he is scintillating watch. And I, I'd say maybe the word I should have used is uncoverable. He's uncoverable in a one-on-one man-to-man situation. I think I read that this was his first back-to-back 100-yard receiving game since 2016. His, and it was the Browns' first since Josh Gordon there led the go. NFL in receiving in 2013. <laughs> 13? Yeah. So the performance that we're getting from him is very exciting. You can see the uh, camaraderie that him and Amari are putting forth on the field, the way that they're on the same page. And I think we got everything and more with this guy when we traded for him. I saw somebody say this about Nick. Yeah, right. Fifth round pick. I saw this uh, about Nick Chubb. Uh, I think Ryan Clark put it on Twitter. It, it made me laugh. He said, Nick Chubb looks like someone that the NFL has a poster of as this is what the uniform should look like. <laughs> like there's nothing unnecessary. There's not a yes. visor. There's not an armband. Yes. There's not a towel. It's exactly what the uniform should look like. And Amari's the same way. All business. There's not a wristband. There's not a towel. There's not a visor. It's no just, foolishness. This is what's required to play, and that's what I look like, and away we go. Uh, the Chief, David Njoku, this one to you, Hoff. Reaching potential. Oh. You know, we've talked about David and how athletic he is and how he's got all the tools, and he's been slowly improving and putting things together and watching him with a career high with nine catches for 89 yards and a touchdown last night made me very happy. One of the guys that I played with, one of the last guys in the uh, – in this locker room that I played with in 2017 and seeing his progress, not only as a pass catcher, but in the run game and how important he's been to sealing the edge and allowing us to run this dynamic rushing scheme has been really funny, uh, really fun. I I will say quickly, uh, Bob Wiley used to say potential is a French word for you ain't done yet. (laughs) And I always thought that was kind of funny when he would say that. And when somebody says you have potential, it was always the ultimate slap in the face because it meant that you hadn't yet reached what you could be. But we're seeing the chief reach what he can be right now, and it's been really fun. He also said push-ups and sit-ups. Two world wars. That's right. Two world wars. <laughs> push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks. <laughs> Such a great line. Two world wars. That guy's an incredible He's human. Incredible, what yeah. a car collection, jet collection, mm. the whole deal. Uh, I'll say for David Njoku, necessary. Mm. Mm, I, I like think it. it is necessary that he is involved in this passing game. He's our second best weapon. I think that was fully on display, you know, to, uh, last night. Um, I, I, I want to see him continue to be involved. You go back to last year in the five game. There were four games in which he had five or more targets, and I think he had 16 catches, 289 yards, and two touchdowns. And so you'd go, okay, well, let's extrapolate that real quickly. Okay, about 70 yards a game. Mm, you know, roughly. four catches a game, roughly, and and he's able to be and half a touchdown. Well, he was obviously over the five-target mark here for the first time this season, and he turns in a performance like this. He's a guy that it feels like the more work he gets, the better, and I think he's yeah. necessary to what we do in this game. And what we started to do was force Minka to decide Chief is to the right, Amari's to the left, and whichever way he leaned, the ball went the other way. So I thought it was great, very necessary. I, lo- I love that word, and I love that tight end screen we run with him. Oh, it's great. That's so much fun. Uh, the Pickens catch, credit where it's doozy. In the words of my late, great Croatian uncle, Steve, unbelievable. <laughs> it really was. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's probably be worthy. the best catch I've seen live. How, I, don't, I can't think of a better catch that I've ever seen, period, no. except for the OBJ catch because that was a touchdown, a touchdown and maybe a little bit be, more behind him, and he kind of did it over the top of the receiver. MJ was just in perfect position. Miss just threw it up towards the sideline, and all of a sudden, I don't even think he realized he caught it when he threw his hand behind his head and was able to just snag it 
Because you don't, it's you can't. I don't know about you guys, but I can't see too. behind me. No, and he caught over it. It's my not head. natural to turn no. back. And he caught it with the tip of the ball into his big mitt and was able to then also tuck it. Tuck it. Yeah, that's right. Because he couldn't brace. No. So he had to tuck as he fell on it. Is it getting, so I obviously have not it watched anything. It didn't get any the t- attention on the broadcast. I think later they realized, but in the moment, I don't even think Alan Kirk realized how ridiculous it was. I wonder if they didn't see it, it or something. Like yeah. Sometimes when you're in that booth, being that I did the preseason. They did later. Like, you don't always get the replay right away, and so if you're watching something else, you may have missed that moment to, like, highlight, oh, my gosh, this is the best catch I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. They ran at some point because we had that. They, 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 they pulled Odell. up the OBJ yeah, film. Yeah. As it went along, they brought yep. up the OBJ okay. film later and compared the two. And when they ran them next to each other, the Pickens one, I think the Pickens one is t- even tougher. But that, really? made OBJ, that, really that made OBJ a household name, that oh, catch. Yeah. I mean, and they he told was having... the story about how that – and Al asked him about it at the, in the lead-up to the Super Bowl, and Al shared the story that Odell said, look, it was a blessing and a curse. It made me more famous than I've ever been, but then it also made it seem like that was the standard, was to make yeah. catches like that. So he said it was Which a is a one in a billion. Right, right, exactly. Uh, last one, we'll go to the Hoff. Coach Stefanski. Masterful. Just watching him diagnose the defense and come up with plays that were setting up other plays that were happening later in the game. It was just fun to watch. Like, And that's what I felt when I was watching the Jets game outside of the ending. like The game plans that Kevin is putting together is just really fun because you see the why and everything that he does. There's never a play where he calls it. I'm just going – Ah, why did you do that? That makes no sense. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Like, even when they're not successful, you're understanding that the players have been put in a really good position and that he's maximizing the talent that we have in this offense. Bobby Fisher. Oh, jeez. <laughs> good job out of you. If you don't know that, Google it, kids. The it's kids might not. Got a movie. The kids might not. Not not so much the late stuff, right? More like Young Bobby. Young Prodigy. Late, late Bobby gets no. off the Did rails. Did he uh, get off the rails later in Ooh. life? Not good, I think. But Not good. I'm oh, talking about when bigly. he was, when he was bigly. the best in the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The peak. Yeah. Peak of his powers. The end, it's a little bit of Grand Theft Auto off the rails oh boy. towards the end. Yeah. Um, all right. We have some game balls to hand out. We will do that. You'll hear from some of our guys. We have the scores. Final hour on a Victory Friday presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka right here. ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. It is a Victory Friday. God, that sounds good. Presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Merely Bo, the Great Z, the Hoff. Hour number two. Time for some game balls, gentlemen. Uh, let's start one player on offense, and we will start with the Hoff from the victory last night over the Steelers. You always wonder, should you go with the easy one in this situation, or should you switch it up a little bit? 
Uh, I'm going to give it to two guys because there are new rules here on CBD when I'm in person. I'm going to give it to Joel Batonio and Jack Conklin. Joel had an absolutely fantastic game. Watching him was a joy. I saw his wife after the game, and I just congratulated her on, obviously, Joel's many accomplishments, the lovely family that they're building. Um, But it was so fun watching Joel on the goal line because we always said in that G lead play where he's pulling around and he's him and the fullback, what's the nickname we're calling him? Hold on. All right, look at it. We're going to have to practice. Froholt. Uh, and Joel, just calling that. Rambuk, Rambuk, when they meet hips in the hole and they create a snowplow effect going into the end zone, our coach always said to the guard, if you score, we score, Joel scored, and we scored, and it was so much fun watching that. In addition, seeing Jack Conklin out there moving extremely well, playing great football after that horrific injury that he suffered and hearing the story from the guys in the weight room and on the practice field about how hard he's worked getting his body back and ready to go out and play and have a performance like he did yesterday I feel like he absolutely deserves to split that game ball with Joel it's funny you said that I was actually going to say Jack Conklin had you oh something stolen more. yeah stolen right yes, there because you thought I would go with the obvious uh, ones sure, potentially but no you did you you did not which was incredible I mean, there's a you. Lot that one, quick, on the one quick thing on Joel uh, Andrew Whitworth was on the broadcast yesterday in the pregame, mm-hmm. and he said flatly, that's the best guard in football. He is. And I heard that. We talk about that a lot yeah. here. But I do feel, Hoff, that it, that's finally being yeah. said around the league. I heard somebody middle of the week on an NFL Live. I'm blanking on who it was, but they highlighted Petonio and Teller. They said it's the best combo in the league at guard, but they highlighted Joel. It feels like finally he's yeah. getting this. I mean, how many old pros do you have to get before you get it? It's coming now. Yeah, the him. challenge for a guard is usually you're getting recognition when your team wins yeah. and you have great success running the football and you have some highlight blocks like Wyatt has had, like Zach Martin has had, um, where you're pulling around and you're just murdering somebody and the camera's zoomed in and they see you and you get a lot of credit for the pancake block when really the, the measure of how you stack up against your peers is like how are you grading out week to week. Yeah. Yeah. And Joel's grading out at the top of the NFL every single week. But that takes a lot longer to get the recognition it deserves versus making a great catch mm-hmm. or making a huge block in front of 13 million people that are watching at home. So, so happy for Joel that he's finally getting the respect that he deserves because he's been doing this at this level for a while now. Yeah, People have always talked about how solid he was. I think last year when he was forced to play left tackle and then was like a top three graded tackle in the league yes. for two weeks. He's so talented. I think people man. were like, We've been sleeping a little bit on yeah, just right. how good Joel yes, Batonio absolutely. is. And the yes. answer was yes. yes. And so sleep no longer. By the mm. way, I love that. If you score, we score. It's one of my yeah, favorite baby. quotes from the uh, the movie American Pie. You don't score until you, you score. score. <laughs> and then the second guy, till you score. Yeah, the second coach <laughs> is my favorite. That guy really enjoyed that guy. Um, reminds me of a great moment I had in high school basketball. We had mm. Coach Grizz and Coach Billings. And Coach Shout Billingsley out. was like the – he was like the, 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 the number two, like the toady. And Coach Grizz had played in college. Was like he was he was the coach of record, and it was, we were playing O'Dowd, which for us was like Steelers week for the Browns. He's like, it's O'Dowd week. And he throws his he throws his binder, <laughs> and we're all like kind of laughing because it was very out of character for him. But he's trying yeah. to get fired up, and the coach really he picks up the binder and then throws it himself. And was like, I'm mad too. Like, I don't know what to do. The with poor my binder's hands. dead. All right, yeah, like okay. Anyway, on to the game balls. Uh, I'm going to do a duo as well. Coop and the Chief, the two C's. 
dynamic in the passing game. Together, they accounted for 16 of the 21 catches, 190 of the 220 yards, and both touchdowns. They caught, by the way, 16 of their 21 targets. Uh, I thought they were they were the difference in the passing game. I mean, I can't believe we've named four people and none of them are Jacoby Brissett or Nick Chubb. That's for your duo. <laughs> you get to have the usually best duo. I don't get the you get them back. You usually the I've got to weave and find Bob and weave and find guys down the roster. That, yeah, you could give it to a hundred people, but I thought J- Jacoby Brissett was flawless. It is a joy to watch him play the position yes. and not be nervy about where the ball is going to go, not be on the edge of your seat, not go, ah, oh God, please, no, none of that. It's none of it. His misses are good misses, and he doesn't have many misses. And then Nick Chubb, I we I wondered about this in camp. I remember we did, we were doing the show out outside at camp, and you just wondered if this was going to be a seventeen hundred yard, eighteen hundred yard Nick Chubb mm-hmm. season. It might be. This might be it. Does it anybody know he what he's on pace for tonight? He's I know he five, leads the NFL in rushing five forty or something like right. that. Nick Chubb is currently good Lord. After three games, he is at three forty one. Oh, that's oh, combined. Him yeah, and, yeah. Him but he's him averaging and, yeah. he's Kareem. averaging twenty carries a game, which would be the first time in his career oh. that he would eclipse that mark. He's averaging five point five yards a carry, which is exactly on his his career mark, which is just astounding. I mean, he's the first player ever to have eight touchdowns. And 5.5 yards a carry for his first four seasons in, a, in the ever, 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 yeah, as a running back. So, where's he at? If so he, he's at if 341. So, hold on, we'll real quick. So, we got 341 divided by three times 70. He's averaging 113 yards a game, it would be 1932 at his current pace. Yeah. Mm. And he would have uh, 20 touchdowns as well, by the way. That's offensive player of the year stuff for sure. Over get, 20. I'm touchdowns. still mad at Freddie for not giving him the ball in that final game when he could have led the NFL in rushing because he deserved it. And that's what you got to do to your players. I'm sorry. Oh, God, He was the most deserving of all people, and you don't give him the football. He is everything so that you want a Cleveland Brown to be. Do you guys remember when he, he didn't get it? That should have been it? a foreshadowing for what was to come, yes. by the way. No doubt. Do you remember what happened, though, that week? No, don't With, care. Oh, maybe I do. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I have to pull this up real fast. You, you gave me that look like you're going to want to hear this. Well, it's just an incredible. That was 2019. Nine, yeah, nine. second year. Yeah, it was 2019. Yeah. 2019 in the final week. And you talk about giving somebody the football and giving them the opportunity. Well, that's what the Titans did. It was the Titans, I want to say, against, yeah, Houston. Oh, I remember this. Derrick Henry has 32 carries for 211 yards, mm. averaging 6.6 yards a carry, and that's how he ended up jumping. Oh, he rushed yeah. for 211 yards. Yeah, right. Yards. So it was a big flip in that last week, yeah. right? Because they just gave him the ball. They were like, yeah. 211 yards, which wow. is amazing. Okay. All right. One player on defense, Hoff. Who do you have? Jacob Phillips. He had a sack. He led the team in tackles. I thought that he was a big part of them being able to fix some of the early issues, stopping the run. They tightened up in the second half. Uh, to your point, Najee Harris only had 10 yards rushing when it felt like at the beginning of the game they were just getting tons of chunk yeah. plays, and I think that was what was leading to converting first downs on second down and never getting a chance to put them in third down situations, which is huge advantage defense because Mitch Trubisky's not at his best when he has to play from in the pocket on third down, but when he's able to sprint right, sprint left, and get some of their creative uh, passing play action type stuff on first and second down, like he can be an efficient quarterback. But and he was. Once they were able to stop that run and kind of stop some of the bleeding, which in large part because of Jacob Phillips, um, they were able to correct all those other issues that were snowballing because of the run game. Uh, 
I'm going to give a, a special one to Anthony Walker Jr. Mm. Because he has been so great this year, had the multiple tackles for loss in that one, and so and he will not unfortunately be eligible to receive this award again in this season, which makes me really, really mm. sad. Uh, I'm going to actually give one to John Johnson. I thought John Johnson was phenomenal in coverage. He was where he was supposed to be. He took a veteran role, making sure, and along with AWOC, everybody was lined up, had a, a couple of PBUs, and was just, I, I thought, all around the ball where he needed to be, and, and I thought played a, a very, very good game. I think MJ Emerson has a chance to be a dude. Yes. He is a dude. Oh, I, think I love watching him, man. The joy that he dude. plays with is awesome. Oh, my God. The and near he interception. He, yeah, he will competes. Fight Every, you. Everything matters to him. Like, Everything's a want. fist fight, man. Like, he's just in the fire. And that, that, he was great on the Pickens catch, which was absurd. He almost made one of the most ridiculous interceptions you'll ever see mm. in the end zone. He's a, a half of a cleat from pulling it off. Yes. I just like him. I like. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that dude. Third round pick? Third round pick is Crazy. a guy that nobody would throw at in the SEC, which says yeah. all, everything you need to he know. But good. on that pick, he his body control, once he had the ball and he did this, he launched himself, somersaulted back into the field of play to try to make sure he got the yeah. two feet down. Yes. He ended up like three yards inside the line. I mean, that was an explosive athletic move that he made once he, yeah. he procured the football and he tipped in the air, caught it. He's a stud. And I think there's something too, and this I'm curious for both of you. He goes to Mississippi State. Yes, he's in the SEC for sure. But he wasn't like highly recruited. He wasn't a guy that has gone to these schools. He fought and clawed for everything, and I think he's brought that attitude to the NFL where sometimes guys go to schools where everybody at their school is just better than everybody they play. And while Mississippi State's an SEC school, and might be that might be true if you put them into a, the Pac-12 or what used to be the Pac-12, that's not true in the SEC. And so I think he's, had, he's played against elite talent his whole life, and he's had to fight for recognition. He still goes to the third round pick. This guy's 6'2". He can run. He can cover all these receivers. His tape hmm. in college was actually very good. And now – like, if, if you had said the Browns drafted MJ Emerson 10th overall in this year's draft, we're like, okay, let's see what we got in this rookie. Through three games, you'd be like, do we hit a home run? We got him in the third round. Mm -hmm. This is my theory sometimes with some of these players when they play on teams that maybe don't have a lot of success. If you're taking ownership and leadership for your unit, your offense or defensive side of the football, and you're putting it on you, you are pushing yourself a lot more on a daily basis to get everything that you have out of yourself because you know you're all this team's got versus like maybe somebody that goes to an Alabama where everybody's really good and it's much easier to give maybe 95% of what you have because it's always good enough, right? I mean, how many guys do we see come out of Alabama since Saban has been there that were great college players, but I don't think that they learned that drive that it takes to be truly great because they didn't need it. And it's hard to flip that switch later on in life. Where's you got a guy like Emerson who played at Mississippi State, didn't have as much success, had to play against the best competition. It's like when you're a kid and if you're a good you know, basketball player, you're eight or nine and your parents have you play a year or two up because you're playing with that competition and it's bringing the best out of you for a long period of time. And that's how you develop greatness over over the long term. So I had a story told to me uh, by a coach that they chart one of the teams that he was with, they actually charted on people's iPads how much film they watched. And it was, for those who wanted it to be a competition, it was a competition. For those who went about their business as they always did, it wasn't. And that there was a certain player on that team that was from a, a good school, but not a 
not a you know top four school when I'm you know in Alabama, uh, Ohio State, LSU, whatever the schools that have had that been at the peak. And the only person who would ever watch more tape than that guy was the head coach, and he went on to be a multiple time All Pro. Mm. And then the, they found that the guys who were national champions in college and on those schools, they did not watch as much as the guys who were from maybe lesser mm-hmm. programs that were fighting their way in the league, which is an interesting thing because it's human nature. If you're in a situation where you're just better all the time, like it doesn't require as much work yeah. to win. Now, this, that's why you're great, though, because your mentality was yeah. I, I'm i not satisfied with that. I need to be the best I can be, period. Well, that's that's the Joe but Thomas, Peyton Manning corollary. But that's that's the, when you're It's a lifestyle for the people that want right. it yeah. when you do both. I, I think – Effort is such a great indicator of lifelong success. And it's not just because of what effort begets, but it shows to everybody around you how important it is to you. We were talking about this after the Jets game. Like, when you golf or when you do anything competitive, it's important for you to win. Like, it's the most important thing on your hierarchy of my priorities in life in this moment. It's like winning and then food, water, shelter, (laughs) and maybe reproduction. It's insane. When you have that competitive desire and you bring it out on the field and your teammates see that in you and it brings their level of play up, right? That's why the number one thing with leadership and being a great captain is your performance and the effort that you give day in and day out because those guys around you see how important it is to you and then they don't want to let you down. Here's my theory on how MJ Emerson gets to Mississippi State. So he played at Pine Forest in Pensacola, which is a a really good school in a talent-rich area. The Panhandle of Florida in South Alabama, South Georgia is absolutely talent-rich. So my theory on why this, how you end up at Mississippi State with this talent is he is rated as a safety coming out of high school. And so my guess is, and now let's take it one step further, and who did he say recruited him at Mississippi State? Terrell Buckley. Terrell Buckley. Now what would those guys do? and this is how Florida State and Miami were built, they would take guys who were really fast that were normally safeties and play them at linebackers. They would take guys who were really tall at safety and play them at corner. Mm. So my guess is Terrell Buckley looked at this kid and said, this is a safety, but I think he's got the wheels and the maneuverability to play corner. Mm. And if I get my hands on him, I'm going to recruit him as a corner to Mississippi State. If he's 6'2", playing corner out of high school in at, at Pine Forest, which is a good school, if he did that, he's at – Florida State or Bama or yeah. Georgia, but because he probably played safety mm. and those guys were saying there's not enough technique here for us to offer him. Mm. It's not like he's got bad offers. I mean, it's Mississippi State, Miami, Oregon. It's good offers, but it's not the best. Yeah, right, and right. my hunch is not that's probably one. what happened, that they saw 6'2", 185, and they said mm. he's a safety. I don't know if he's got the hips to play corner. Mm. Terrell Buckley said, I think he does, and that's how you end up at it's Mississippi State. And the embarrassment me. of talent down there. Right is the other part of it it's weird to me that he slipped to the third round i mean good good on the browns but like when you're playing with mississippi state in the sec and you're playing against the best of the best in college football and you're obviously holding your own week in and week out like where is the negative on your scouting report there's tape on him on all of those guys all of the best receivers in the nfl right now and he he would have covered pickens had a if if, when mississippi state played georgia i don't know if they played him last year i know he did a great job on jamison williams that's where he did the the seat belt he seat belted would have seen the lsu guys would have seen them he went against elijah moore yeah like yeah all those cats listen great good good on us Glad they missed. OBM, the official printer partner of your Cleveland Browns. While you depend on your Browns win, you can always depend on OBM because they can tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk it up, serious injuries, serious lawyers. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. It's a Victory Friday presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. And now it's gone so fast. The scores. It's gone too fast, man. I'm. I'm give me another. This is sometimes no, when people are like, just as people are like, give me three hours there, of CBD. And I'm like, shut your mouth. <laughs> today, I, today I'd be okay with it. By the way, a pair of nine and sevens last week for the boys. Ah. We are now sitting a combined eight games over 500. Actually, uh, now we're a combined 10 games over 500 because we both got yesterday. NBD. But right now. Yep. You're two. I'm six. And away we go. I got a couple things, first and foremost. All right. First and foremost, in between the third and fourth quarter, as voted on by the fans yep. last night, was ACDC Thunderstruck. Okay. And I'll, I need to shout him out because oh, yeah. he brought the house down. And yeah, thanks dude. to our, our people at the event team uh, on the event side of things, Max Stakolich. Okay. And I wish Amazon would have shown him last night. He's 12. 12 years oh, old. Dude, he was Had never played Shredding. in front of an audience before. Wait, wait, wait. What are you talking about? He's like a savant guitar player. Yeah, he got on a 12 year old kid. He, he on like, the whole thing. The whole thing. That was all him played, jamming it out. Well, he was on the stage. Any, they didn't show any of it. Yeah, and he was money. Big miss by either. Amazon. And they introduced him. the whole thing. They put his name up there, and they said 12-year-old Shredder, which was awesome. And well, then he just went out there and – I don't know if it was just the monitor I was looking at, but they were just showing his hands at first. And yeah. then at the end, they kind of zoomed out to show that he was, like, 12 years old. Yeah, and I think that. it was, like, the, the moment where you just went bonkers, like – can't believe what I was hearing from that kid. The blackout was awesome, by the way. Yeah, it was, the it, was Everything it was a great. Was, it was a great atmosphere. Holy smokes. It was funny that one of my buddies, Reams, was like, but it was so kind of like quiet walking out of the game afterwards. And I said, first of all, it was incredibly loud there. Yeah. There were times where we couldn't even hear ourselves think. But I said, yeah. I think, one, there's a sense of relief after that game. Like, yeah. okay, we got it done. Like, phew. And I said, two, based on everything I saw on my way downtown, the difficulties I had even getting to the stadium. Oh, the traffic. Everything, was... the tra- was, but I think people were, by like 1130, I think they had, the crescendo had happened around 10, and then it was <laughs> like, you know, after a long day of day drinking, there's a crash that comes that accompanies yeah. that. And I think and they started serving beers at the start of the fourth. There so was a like, lot of crashing going on. A lot of people work, there too, are people so they like, work ah, first. They like... It's yeah. over. Hey, Jimmy Donovan gave everybody Jim, off on Friday. I was say, yeah. Jim's the mayor of the By the way, not us. Have you guys ever played the Thunderstruck drinking game where you get in a circle no. and you start yes. – every time they say thunder, you, you, oh, you start gosh. drinking, and then as soon as they say it again, the next guy starts and you stop. That's uh, a fun game that me and my buddies always play That's when we get good. together. And there's one guy that always has to drink like four beers on that uh-huh song. yeah That's i was gonna say one. there are you, it's like number 17 in the order or something like that don't want to be that guy don't want to be that guy no you're not going to be thirsty for a while so, thunderstruck is undefeated yeah i, I, love I just that song. again his Classic. name is max stakolich and if i'm pronouncing that wrong i apologize young man 12 years old rocky river and he crushed it last <laughs> night at 12 year old you could have walked into any bar in that city last night and gotten a drink <laughs> well, i don't think his folks it's frowned upon no he couldn't have a no i'm just saying the stadium, like that 
that that's kid is living onions. his best life today. I hope. Good for him. So, <laughs> only give him would turn it into. A hey, I, you never gave me a chance to preface with. I know it's not happening, but I'm just saying hypothetically. If he wants to be, but your mind is still there. My mind for this. I mean, that's what I want to do with Bootsy. It didn't involve anything. Yeah, Bootsy, come on. Let's go. Go out on the town and grab give Oh, God. Secondly, Paulus, if you have it, this is Steve Smith on NFL Network oh, last night. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, man. I haven't heard this. It's only man. Oh. I believe, Paul. Colleen, that you're on to something. Because uh-huh. I believe that the Cleveland Browns are plenty are plenty you, fine. I'll tell you what. That's what we don't want. Watch your backs out there. One of these boys, well, back. One these boys hit me while I ain't in a uniform. They will not be playing tonight. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. <laughs> tell you that. Are, are, oh, are plenty comfortable with the weather here <laughs> in this backfield and leaning on Nick this. Chubb to be. We're, as this is uh, you can't get analysis like this, Colleen. You just you can't buy it. Okay. You don't want me to come out of retirement. They don't want that. It was the Steelers, like linebackers and safeties. Yeah, they got they a little close on the one. Him. Yeah. He not having it. it. Steve, not having Steve it. don't play. That's no. what I love about that, dude. He was so fun to travel on the road with for Thursday Night Football Jeez. for all those years. I'll never forget a moment. We were outside of our hotel in Chicago. We're doing the Bears game. It's like November. And this guy comes up, asks for an autograph. Steve, instead of just keep walking, you know, he looked like a memorabilia guy because they kind of stalked mm. the hotel a little bit, especially for Irv. You know, they are always trying to get his autographs. But instead of just keep walking because we were going to dinner, he stops and spends like two minutes turns around, walks back to the guy, starts yelling at him and telling him why he's not going to sign that autograph for him and how he's a low life and he's going to waste his time. And I'm like, Steve, if you just would have kept walking, you would have saved the three minutes or just sign his autograph and it'd be over in two minutes. But he had to go back and yell at him and tell him why he was an idiot. He was wrong and he was not going to sign his autograph. Amazing. You'll get nothing and like it. But that's just Steve, man. Uh, I'll never just forget Steve that runs hot. In Philly. Philly, when he got hit and Philly. he turned around, and I was like, somebody's going to die. It's almost coming. Tonight. Yeah. yeah. I, I was a little worried at that moment. I'm like, <laughs> we're about to throw down with a lot of people in Philly. And I uh, like our chances yeah. for about five or six of them, but if it's the whole city, we're in trouble. Hold on. They weren't coming after you after you did this <laughs> yes, in, in, right. in Irv's face. Yeah, that's right. They, they oh, like that man. one. But yeah. I think Irv's neck would have been hurting after that one. Can you imagine the Eagles fans getting him no. in a. In a uh-huh. A no. kerfuffle oh, no. at his age now. The Herb, no. He was coming off a hamstring injury there against uh, the the week before. He was smashing pumpkins in uh, in Arizona, like we we had all like the playoff teams, and you had to eliminate one. And he tried to smash a pumpkin, and he tore his hamstring swinging the sledgehammer. I was like, Herb, you are too damn old to be doing this, man." Is that when you sent me the video? You sent me a video where he's like lying on the ground with his like legs yes, up on yes, a chair like, in ah. meetings. Yes. He was icing his hamstrings in meetings. Well, you guys are missed. 51. I'll tell you that. You are so missed. You'll oh. miss. You're missed bigly on the on the Thursday night. Yeah, that was free game. All right, let's get into the scores, kids. Week <laughs> number three in the National Football League. Baltimore, one and one, looking to go to two and one. They're visiting Foxborough, staying in probably Rhode Island, just a few miles away, enjoying fun the fact. nice food it scene. Is a fun fact. But playing the Patriots, big Sunday, one o'clock tilt. Zagura, lead us off here for week three. I'm out on the Patriots. Couldn't be more out on them. They stink. Ravens, ram it. Big. 70, negative three. Bo Bishop. Same. Joe Thomas. Same. On to our next one, and it's a big one in the AFC East. About to find out what the Miami Dolphins are all about. 2-0 Miami playing host to 2-0 Buffalo. Bills Mafia invading South Beach. What could go wrong? 
Bishop. This one's gone down point and a half. Oh, uh, baby. So, I mean, I do. This Bill team shot out of a cannon. I, I think Miami's pretty good, too, though. I, I think Buffalo wins this game, but I like it a little closer than the experts mm-hmm. think. I, I like Buffalo 38 34. Joe Thomas. I like Buffalo 40 to 30. I don't think the Dolphins have enough defense to slow down Josh Allen. It's going to be 40 to 30, and then all of a sudden, ah, who is it? Oh, Bootsy, get the back door. Already? It's 1 o'clock. Bootsy, who Tyree is it? Tyreek Hill. Oh, my Jaylen God. Jalen Waddle. <laughs> oh, no. Tua. Come on in. The water's warm. 40 37. Oh. Bills. Next up. It's another big one involving one of the AFC Norris teams. The Bengals are 0 and 2 on the year, trying to go, uh, trying to avoid going 0 and 3. They travel to New York to battle the 1 and 1. Should be 0 and 2. New York Football Jets. Joe Thomas, lead us off here. Jets are running on fumes after what happened at the end of the Browns game. Bengals are finally going to get things right. I think they're having their come to Jesus get right week here against the Jets. 30-0. Beat down. Stripes. Agree. This is a revenge game. Remember last year? They were playing great. They went in there. Mike White's first start. Oh, and they yeah. lost like a, a 35-31 or 38-35 barn burner. Not this time. The Bengals are going to get right. They're going to get right against the Jets, and it's going to make us all, for a moment, think back, take it away from this joy and say, mm-hmm. Yeah. Bishop? Stripes, huge. 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 Next, in the NFC North. About to find out who's real and who's not real. Minnesota playing host to Detroit City. The Lions, one and one. Vikings, one and one. Zagura. This is two of my favorites. MVD. Oh, man. Hanging with Cole and the great days of DLD. I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. But I'm going to tell you what, man. I like the way this Lions team competes, man. I can (laughs) see it. Vikings win the game 27 22. Same. Joe. Mm, I like Vikings 30, Lions 27. Same, same, but different, but still same. Same. Up next, uh, the nominee for the inmate game of the week. Mm. The what Texans. This is a great football game. Visiting Chicago. Bears. The, Texans. The Bears Texans are really favored in this game. Like, than we think, I think. The Bears are really favored in this game. That's real. Yes. Tough week for my guy. Says. Tough week for my guy, Justin Fields. Uh, terrible line in the post-game press conference after the Green Bay game, where he said the uh, you know the fans aren't out here working like yeah. we are. We know you know it's not he knows as better important than that. to them. Yeah, yeah no, he, you're getting paid a little bit he, more uh, than the average he knows, fan. My friend. He knows better than that. Um, I don't like I don't like the fact that they don't throw to Cole Komet. I don't like the fact that they don't throw to the receivers. I don't like the fact they don't throw at all. Eleven attempts uh, for for Fields in that game. I like Houston. I'm surprised the Bears are favored over anybody. I think they got lucky with the slop. They have 15 completions on the season. Amari and the Chief caught 16 passes last night. Joe Thomas. He's not stuttering. That's legit. Texans. (laughs) That's a real stat. That's a real stat. I don't think the Bears have a chance. And that's why I got to take the Bears. Who is going to their job, coming home, reaching into their wallet, and saying, I'm putting money on the Chicago Bears? Nobody. Vegas knows this. This is a sucker line. Bears win it. 30. No. 3. Bear zero. Three down. Zero. The Bears. Did you take the Bears as well? I have Vikes. I'm sorry, Texans. Texans. 
Oh, boy. Mm. Come on. All right. Up next, Kansas. I mean, that's got it's a contrarian pick. I mean, it makes no sense. Wait till this one. Kansas City visiting the Indianapolis Colts. Colts 0-1-1. Matty Ice, maybe needs to be on ice. The Colts hosting the Chiefs. Joe Thomas, lead us off here. Chiefs 20, Colts 7. Their season's on the line. The Indianapolis Colts. I, I just don't think they got the horses. They're not going to win this game. They're back against the wall, but it doesn't matter. They're not going to win this game. But, oh, maybe a little Michael Pittman Jr. coming in late from Matty Ice. Matty Ice is a great backdoor cover guy. He's from king his time in, in Atlanta. He's king he loves the backdoor cover. He's going to get it here. Chiefs, 90. Colts, 85. Mm. Bishop. Chiefs, 90. Colts, 94. Whoa. I, th- I can tell this is going to make oh, me sweat, though. Oh. Chiefs did it to me last week yeah, on the back end of it. Chargers right there. Yeah. Next up, two teams that I don't think we thought were going to be 0-2 at this point in the football season. Las Vegas, 0-2, traveling to Tennessee, 0-2. Ain't no Tannehill high enough. Eh, maybe, maybe not. Zagura. All right. I'm out on Tennessee. Oh, there it is. The Raiders get healthy. They're not a bad team. They just have collapsed in weird ways against yeah. both the Chargers and the Cardinals. They right the ship here. Maybe it takes a little while for the McDaniels thing to kick in, but it kicks in here. Titans, negative seven. Malik Willis takes over in this game and doesn't look back, by the mm. way. Wow. Titans, Dunsky, Raiders, more than that. Bishop, three more than that at a minimum. I, am, I don't like where I'm trending. I got a lot of road teams. I don't like it, but then you, at the same time, you don't want to overthink this stuff. Mm. I'm with you. I think the Titans are cooked. Uh, I like the Raiders by a field goal. Same. All right. That's simple. To the NFC uh, NFC South we yep. go here. Uh, New Orleans, 1-1 one one on the year, visiting uh, our ex-quarterback in the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Saints, Panthers. Uh, Bishop, lead us off here. Saints defense is really good. Yes. Their receivers are really good. Also. Their running back is really good. Uh The Panthers might be the worst team in football. Mm. Why is this only two and a half? Mm. Something about this situation really befuddles the the rock. And he's hurt. I know it. It just doesn't seem right. Send Tannehill to New Orleans. They make a a playoff run. Malik Willis takes over and he makes the Titans fun to watch. Send Tannehill to New Orleans. I can't. uh, That's. I know I don't like it is the answer. I don't like how I'm trending here at all. What do you hold on a second? Saints five, Panthers two. Hold on a second. You two knuckleheads, give me reasonable football analysis that tells you why the Saints wouldn't be better with Ryan Tannehill. Number one, I'm winning over unders for not being reasonable. So I'm not going to give you anything right, reasonable what about him? whatsoever. <laughs> He's shaking his head going like I that's think an insane idea. washed up and done. <laughs> There's a hot take for you today. <laughs> Uh, all right, <laughs> Bishop, I had, give a I score. Had, I had 5-2, Saints 5 Joe, two. what do you got? I got Saints 10-6. It's going to be just an ugly battle, but the Panthers, to your point, bad offense, bad defense. All right, educated one, what anymore. do you got, private school guy? Same. You, I mean, huh. you guys had an opportunity, a forum right there, to express some thoughts of any type of coherent thought. You just like said Billy, same without Billy Madison, any additional uh, giving information. Us nothing. Well done. Oh. Well thought out. Next, What's we're running out of time, Gibby. You got six games. Up next, Eagles, Commanders. Lots of suck, lots of good. Eagles visiting Washington. Joe Thomas, lead us off. 
Six and a half is a pretty large spread. I'm not fully out on the Commanders, just the same way I'm not fully in on the Eagles. I like the Eagles and oh, the I'm NFC, in on the and I think they're good, but I'm not willing to put them up there with like the Bills. And I think that's what would deserve of a six and a half point line over the Commanders. So I got the uh, Eagles. They're going to win, but only by four. Zagura. I'm all in on the Eagles, baby. I fly, Eagles, fly. I think they are a complete football team. In mm. fact, I'd go so far as say they're the most complete football team in the NFC, and the Commanders have Carson Wentz. Thus, That's true. That's Eagles, true. 1,700. Mm. Washington, 1,694. Oh, oh God, terrible. Give me in a battle between Hurts versus Wentz and the symbol of America, an eagle, and a commies, Give me the Eagles, baby. Fly, Eagles, fly. Eagles win by 10. So many road right. favorites on your slate. Time to, I don't like time, it. I don't I love know. it. Time to go a little it. quick here because we were chatty. Jacksonville visiting Los Angeles to battle the Chargers. Jacksonville 101, Chargers 1-1. One one. Uh, Zagura. Chargers haven't been able to put anybody away yet. And now this is a game where I certainly think that they could do that. But I'll tell you what. I think that this Jags team is, is a little frisky. Are they frisky enough? Jags 21, Chargers 29. Mm. Bishop. Chargers 10 days to get healthy. Jaguars flying across the country. Bolt up. Chargers big. Joe Thomas. Mm. I'm saying Chargers win 21-17. I feel like the Chargers are a collection of good players, but the Jaguars are a team. And so they're going to play better than the talent suggests. I thought Texans Bears might be the inmate game of the week. This one might have. Uh, this one might be the winner. This is instead. it. Falcons gutless traveling to Seattle to battle the Seahawks. Bishop. Falcons aren't gutless. They're not gutless they at all. I'm surprised this is only one. Um, I'm actually surprised that the Seahawks are favored at all. It's just a. It's a long flight. I. I'll go Seahawks. I'll go Seahawks. Joe Thomas. Same. It's a long flight. J- uh, Zagura. I think Falcons are a little bit better than them. I, I like Marcus Mariota. I like Drake London. I like what he's doing. Kyle Pitts has yet to be unleashed. Uh, I'm taking the Falcons. Big win. Then they're going to have to fly home for a big loss. All right. Three games left, and they're good ones here late Sunday. Get some other stuff done. Get some errands run. Uh, Packers visiting Tampa Bay. Uh, Joe Thomas. I'm going with the Bucks here, 30 to 27. The Packers have always struggled playing in Florida early on in the season, and I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers likes any of his receivers or trusts them enough to be able to score with Tom Brady. They all missed practice this week too. Oh, did they really? Lazard as well. More reason. Lazard, uh, Watson. There were three of them. Yeah, that missed practice. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I do think the Bucks will win. 17-14. I don't like the Bishop. juice in Tampa. I don't like it at all. Give me Rodgers and the Packers going mm-hmm. down there and winning. Mm-hmm. Rapid fire, Rams, Cardinals, Zagura. Rams, 27, Cards, 24. Bishop. Same. Joe. Ram it. Beautiful. Sunday night foosball, 49ers, Broncos, Bishop. Nerd! Spumoni! Spumoni! Spumoni, watch me drink my coffee, Russ. Yell run pass all you want. I'm <laughs> having a nice mocha. Dad, can I have an Italian soda? No, go to hell. Watch me drink no, it. watch me drink my coffee. You learn your lessons. Run, you pass. get a job, and then you can drink whatever you want. I don't like that weirdo. Niners, big, Jimmy G, handsome, normal, good. Same. Russ, weird, bad. Same. 
There you go. Week three. There, there you go. go. Uh, Bucks and Badgers this weekend, oh, among oh, other oh, things. Oh, so oh. much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Uh, what a pure joy this has been this afternoon on a Victory Friday presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Buckeyes by 19 over Bucky in the shoe on Saturday night. That's an outrageous spread, I feel like. Why can't you guys get a non-fraudster a quarterback, huh? <laughs> they recruited hit this the, kid. He the was recruiter. a four-star recruit. Was, yeah, they, this Graham was Hertz. like the best recruit they'd had at quarterback since forever. But I will say the Badgers always play the Buckeyes tough in the shoe. Like we, The only time I played there, we beat them. I mean... Let's, let's be what honest. Shocking. Wonderful uh, pause after shocking. that. that was great. Just a pause. Let it breathe. <laughs> Jimmy Leonard, their defensive corner, their best bet is going to be get a couple turnovers, play them a little bit tight on defense, run the ball, shorten the game, keep it close. It's the um, it's the Notre Dame plan. That's yep. what Notre Dame did, tried to do to the Buckeyes, and it worked. They didn't cover. They were in the game. Right. I mean, that's the, a lot the thing, of points. The thing that Notre Dame didn't do is they didn't force the turnover. Stroud has yeah. none. He's 11 touchdowns, zero picks. Jim at this point. One of our best punt returners ever. Punt catcher. Yeah, he, he was a he punt never, catcher. He never <laughs> returned. You never were worried. If there was ever a moment you needed to catch He's a punt, you put Jimmy out there. Yeah, Even back the in college. Season, <laughs> That's amazing. He was our punt catcher. Yep. A, Enjoy your victory weekend, kids. Yeah. Let's go. We're back on Monday. Next level coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.